Welcome to a radical discussion of independence, free will, liberty, and the left-hand path. This is Damon Ossifer with your host, Paul Frederick. Kids, Paul Frederick of Damonosophy here. Listen, I want to talk to you today about a new book I just got in the mail, The Occult Roots of Bolshevism, From Cosmist Philosophy to Magical Marxism by Stephen E. Flowers. And this is Dr. Flowers' latest book. If you're a fan of Dr. Flowers and you've been uh, following along with him over the years, uh, you'll know this isn't the first time he's um, brought up the issue of Bolshevism and the history of Bolshevism and the magical aspects of it. Uh, if you caught my last interview with him on uh, Damonosophy, he, he spoke quite in depth about this book um, that he was working on and putting the, the finishing touches on at the time. Well, the good news is, is this is out. Um, it's available through Amazon. It looks just like this. Very beautiful red color and the red, there's there's more to that. We'll get to that in a minute. Um, but it's available on Amazon. I encourage you to get it, check it out. And I also, if you're so inclined, you get it and you read it, I encourage you to go write uh, a review of it on, on Amazon um, because that always is very helpful for independent and groundbreaking uh, writers like uh, like Dr. Flowers. So a little bit about this book. Four things about this book that I think are particularly cool and worthy of, of checking out that uh, I think people will find of interest and benefit from. One, he talks about my four days as an anti-communist freedom fighter, which, um, Again, if you heard the last interview that I did on Damonosophy, he talked about this a little bit. Is it the eight? Maybe it's more like the 70s. Um, when he was student, a student, he went to um, uh, Eastern Europe and Bulgaria to help uh, get messages through to people who are living under communism, messages from friends and family in the, in the, in the West. Um, and... and, and Often parts of the parts of a underground freedom network that was working uh, either to either against communism or to get people out of communism, sneak people out of communism. But anyhow, he went over there to um, deliver messages and work for that cause. So not a lot of people, I think, are aware of that about Dr. Flowers. He actually went and risked his life and worked for this for the cause of. Um, enhancing and promoting uh, liberty in the world in a very real and, and material kind of way. So it's great reading his story about that, how he almost got caught, you know? Um, again, you know, that's another person that um, in their history, they were this close to being, to ending up in a gulag. Um, and if that had happened to him, we wouldn't have had you know, Lords of the Left Hand Path and Runer Mall and all the countless other uh, great books that he's uh, come up with over the years. So that story is really great. I really enjoyed that. Um, and then he talks about um, 
two two things in the evolution of this. He talks about the key players in Marxism and and Bolshevism. So um, and, and the individuals associated with that, and that's that's very good, and, and it's very enlightening, and it's very academic. This is really the kind of stuff that should be taught in schools, like what you know, um, from a from an objective point of view, you know, what who was Karl Marx? What were his ideas actually? Why are these things uh, collectivist? Why are they destructive to liberty and to human life on Earth? Um, and, and he goes through each of them, Lenin and Stalin and, 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 and all these key players. Um, and, and also a lot of the esoteric aspects um, behind this, a lot of which is like mythology. A lot of it is really just like propaganda um, that the Communist Party uh, put out uh, during the time. But it, it's, it's, it's great uh, studying and learning about all of those things. The other thing... Uh, that he focuses focuses on that I think is 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 even more unique is the influence of Russian cosmism, which um, you've, if you listen to the podcast, you've heard me reference it a couple of times. Um, and it's it's there's not that many books out there on it already. There's just a couple, but basically, uh, Russian cosmism was a a theory or a body of theories, a body of inquiry, uh, developed by several different, again, several different key players. And he talks about each of them uh, in the book and what their contribution was to this. And also how the ideas of cosmism, uh, the cosmology, if you will, how that influenced Bolshevism and, and eventually the Russian space program. Much of the Russian space program uh, drew inspiration from uh, the idea of the cosmists, and it goes back to the first. The first cosmi cosmist uh, is a guy named Fedorov, yeah, Nikolai Fedorov, um, and and he really got the whole thing, the whole thing going. And his basic theory was that science will inevitably, eventually, and inevitably get to the point where not only do we end and um that we extend life indefinitely extend human life indefinitely um and 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 this is why today uh we would talk about similar ideas under the the term of futurism if you look into futurism you find a lot of this stuff in there originates with the cosmos but the idea is eventually science and, and medicine and technology will get to the point where people can live indefinitely, like literal material uh, immortality, basically. Um, and that then the next step from that is that we will learn how to um, bring people back from, from the dead. We will learn how to resurrect people um, from, from who, who have died in the past. And you know, Fedorov, he didn't actually do experiments or anything like that. He really just talked about like the, the ideas and the ideology of this. But um, the idea is that we know in the universe that you know, and modern material science uh, backs this up, that atoms are never destroyed 
they just change change form so theoretically all of the all of the molecules that have um, comprised a human being you know my body my being and everything even after I'm dead they still exist out there in the universe they're floating around out there and you know in space or in, in dust on the on the earth you know ash to ash dust to dust and the thing that science will be able to ev do eventually is recombine those those molecules right so that's a theory and maybe there's lots of steps on the way where maybe someone has a partially you know partially mechanical body and then their essence or their 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 soul comes back into it and also you see this is a very this is kind of a materialist approach to things that there's nothing there's nothing about the psyche that is fundamentally non-material or fundamentally cannot be accessed by material reality everything is gradations of of, of materiality so if you're familiar with uh, Gurdjieff and Ospensky you might see this is a similar kind of cosmology cosmological basis in there say oh that's interesting and they came from they came from Russia too and 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 escaped the Bolshevist revolution so you can kind of see the influences of cosmism in there um Fedorov was also a contemporary of the great Russian writers Tolstoy and Dostoevsky and this is one of the ways that we know about Fedorov is that those writers both talked about him uh, wrote about him in, in private correspondence or whatever. Um, and so that's one way that we know um, the impact that Fedorov's ideas had during that time there. And, and again, that his, his, and, and he met, actually met Tolstoy. Tolstoy talks about meeting him and they were friends and, and they, had a, uh, they had a falling out at one point, uh, disagreement over ideas. So that that gives it a good time fix right there. Oh, okay, this is all pre pre Bolshevik revolution. It's still during the Tsarist the Tsarist area in Russia, a completely uh, different time period. So to continue with Fedorov's idea, once we realize this, we realize that we can like bring back everyone everyone from the past, bring back people from the past, the next thing you realize is that, well, we would have to bring back everybody. Why not bring back everybody? Um, and, and this, he called this the common task. Once you realize that death is not necessary, as not an inevitable aspect of everyone's future, then, then the only um, reasonable thing to do is to bring back everyone who has ever died before, everyone who has ever existed. And that that common task, the need to do that, would would be, and this is where it gets speculative, will be so strong um, that all humanity will will join together naturally in 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 the desire to work together towards this common task. And then he gets into um how this is uh this this ties in with the um, the, the mythological, um, what is it called? It's the cult, cult of the dead ancestors, or the idea of the redeeming, redeeming the father, the redemption of, of the father, which, which gets into, um, th there's a lot of stuff in, in, in the Bible that, 
uses this kind of language. So Fedorov can, can say, look, this is what they were really talking about in the Bible. Even though he's not religious at all, he's like, well, look, the, the Bible verifies this. That's what it's really about. That's what those prophecies are really about, is eventually one day we'll be able to bring everyone back. So one of the questions that comes up with this is how, um, what, what about the people you bring back that are criminals? What about all the murderers and stuff? We're going to bring them back too? Well, Fedorov says, yes, we will bring them back, but there won't be a crime anymore because once people know that there's, that death is not necessary, then people won't commit crimes anymore, right? Why am I going to kill someone when they can, we can bring them back? Um, and why am I going to rob someone so I can get food because I'm not going to die anyhow they can always like bring me back so so he believed that this would people would just naturally see this and and everyone would like go along with it and then he envisions that um since of course the, the other problem that emerges with this is you know population uh, all these people are going to live on on planet earth well no no we can't all live on planet earth um we'll have to colonize other planets which is why we need to have a space program and we need to start trying to work to get to other planets. And this is where, you, know, you see, I think you can see already where these ideas were very appealing uh, to the, the so Soviets, to Marxists, first of all, the idea that, well, in the future, there's this, everyone's gonna work together um, just inherently and, and greed and, and rational, you know, self-interest won't, won't exist anymore. Everyone will just work together, although, Fedorov, to his credit, unlike Marx, does not, did not insist that there has, has to be a bloody revolution on the way to um, the common task, achieving the common task. He said, no, science will lead the way on this, and then everyone, everyone will just fall in line. We're pretty, pretty sure everyone's just going to fall in line on it. This idea of the need to colonize other planets became part of the motivation for the uh, Soviet space program. Um, and, and they didn't need to, un unlike a, in America, where we're still thinking about, you know, capitalism and, and stuff, um, they didn't come up, have to come up with ideas like that. They just said, look, we're going to need space for people to live because we're going to be bringing everyone back. So um, it looked like a good uh, justification uh, to the party for... Um, the funding for a for a space program. They also had this idea of spaceship spaceship Earth, that eventually um, the Earth will become a a globe. You know, the, the globe of the Earth will eventually. We'll learn how to move move the Earth off its axis and maintain its atmosphere and move Earth around in space in order to travel closer to other planets to work on colonizing them and, and, and stuff like that, um, which sounds crazy, but you know what? Just last year or the year before, there was a film put out by the CCP, by the Chinese Communist Party, called, I think it's called This Island Earth, something like that. I'll have to look it up, but there's this film, uh, the Communist Party of China created a, a, a feature film that is exactly that plot. That is exactly the plot that humanity all work, working together and 
perfect harmony and inspiration creates a, a uh, avoids a natural catastrophe and takes the Earth off its orbit and creates a spaceship that flies through space. And then Fedorov, of course, said he said that uh, Russia would be the Russian em Empire would be at the forefront of this. They would have to lead the way. So, without going into it, he does imply, well, we will have to take over the world first before we can before we can really do this. So anyhow, again, another idea that was very appealing to the um, to the uh, Soviets um, at the time, and so it got incorporated into the space program. I'm really into cosmism, so if I, I might have like overemphasized uh, the extent to which uh, Dr. Flowers gets into it, but he he demonstrates how this is how cosmism is interwoven within um, the the ideology that gave birth to Bolshevism and eventually uh, the, the Soviet socialist state. Another really unique thing that uh, Dr. Flowers uh, reveals in this book is the, uh, the, is the concept of red magic. You've heard of black magic, you've heard of white magic. Genesis Peorage came up with gray magic. Well, now there's red magic. So what is red magic? Well, he says, to return to the idea of political correctness and sorcery, let it be said that there is a kind of red magic of political correctness. This sort of magic hinges on the use of individuals or groups which fall into protected class, an oppressed minority, ethnic group, gender, etc., who, when they can be utilized as a means of obtaining a moral high ground in a political or more usual economic struggle, the practitioner of red magic can gain material advantage through the technique. So it goes on and on, but um, the essence of red magic is, it, it, this is the way that, that people advance themselves with red magic. And also we all feel red magic. It manifests for us in, in the fear that we have about speaking the truth. Red magic makes people afraid to speak the truth. And this is how he ties it in with the idea of uh, political correctness. But um, I'm sure being a human alive in, in this world today, you can see many other parallels for it. So it's different, very different than black magic, which does not rely on having to harm or coerce or take advantage of any other uh, conscious individual uh, being. Uh, and, 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 and this is probably one of the most important things about how um, the modern contemporary left-hand path as established by people like Dr. Flowers, Dr. Aquino, Anton LaVey, and so forth, that um, this is not something that is required with black magic. Of course, uh, enemies of black magic, white magicians, uh, like to make this case that well, black magic is all about harming, all about harming people, any magic that's designed to harm people. When in reality, white magic is, is, is about collectivism and an obliteration of the individual into, uh, an absorption of the individual into uh, the, the collective uh, cosmic soup or, or however that is conceived at any time. But contrary to that, true black magic does not require the suppression of any other individual or coercion of any other individual. Black magic is 
uh, true black magic is the act of looking within the self and making the efforts to bring into being a new advanced state of being. So red magic is different than that in that red magic, again, it's about control, it's about taking advantage of situations, it's about taking advantage, uh, it's about creating, first of all, creating oppression, outlining and establishing a certain oppressed minority, and then, and then by the stated goal of helping those people, advancing your own self. Dr. Flower's idea of red magic is actually very closely allied with what Anton LaVey called the good guy badge. Um, and if you understand the concept of the good guy badge, you understand the concept of red magic. It's about advancing yourself through uh, altruism, advancing, advancing yourself um, at the expense of, of others. So, the, but the key thing to remember, the key way in which we experience red magic is in the fear that it creates when we aspire to speak the truth. So, The Occult Roots of Bolshevism by Stephen Flowers. Check it out. Um, as all of his books are, it is very lucid. It is well-researched. He talks about his real historical events and the causes and effects. He talks about current, real-world events and their causes and effects and ties them down to the basic principles of magic, which is something we wish there was more of in the world today. Check it out. And as always, keep the dark fires burning.